Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Let's Straighten It Out. Uh, we've got my sidekick, Janice, here with me tonight. How are you doing, Janice? I'm doing all right. How are you doing tonight, Bo? Well, I'm a little under the weather. I've had too much going on. <laughs> it's got... I know. It's, it's It's been a lot of excitement. I've been busy uh, with everything, the kids, the school, the, the my school, the job. So it's just been one thing after another. But I'm holding on. I'm holding on. Yeah. So now you you have you you're uh, been busy yourself. Yep, I've got sick parents. My assistant at work is sick. My wife, who spent several hours in the ER today, she's had some problems with her blood pressure. Um, I've been trying to come down with the cold or something, so I guess I probably need to take a vacation or something. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah, that that would always make things better. Well, I actually just I got take... back from five days in Florida, but it wasn't really a vacation. I went down there for a board meeting, and while we were there, I got to go through the Disney Institute leadership training, which was a real exciting time. So it was a break away from work, but because I had gotten so far behind, I actually had to take some work with me and do some while I was there, so I just need to slow down for a little bit and get caught up on my sleep. So, I know. Other, yeah, things basically are going pretty good. So. Yeah, I know the feeling. Um, last few days I've been pooping out. People said, I called you last night, and I, I didn't hear the phone ring, and I, I didn't know anybody had even tried to call me yeah. until the next morning, that is. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and I guess with this time of the year, it's starting to kind of drag on, so I, I don't know. They might have something to do with it, too. Well, sometimes it's probably a good idea to just turn your phone off and not be bothered for a while. Right. Yeah. This is true. But I'm on call 24-7. Fortunately, I don't get that many calls, uh, not nearly as many as I used to when we had more group homes open. There was kids doing something all the time. But uh, it's become such a natural part of my life that I don't even think about it anymore. Fortunately, I don't ever have to go in anywhere, but just having to have this phone attached to me all the time, it can be a bother sometimes. Well, I can imagine. So now you say they have uh, the group homes. Is it like the group homes, the the children's home we had here growing up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've got, well, it's not that big. It's a smaller, you know, it's uh, you have like eight to 12 kids. Um, 
home, these are kids. Some of them are in state custody. They've had different kind of behavior problems. Some of them have mental health problems or substance abuse problems. But we used to have five, um, uh, well, actually six, three for boys and three for girls. But over the last three or four years, we've set them down, and now we've only got one um, with eight boys. So they can keep you pretty busy sometimes. Well, now you say you shut some down. So did those kids um, were those like all the kids that that maybe reached adulthood and now they're on their no, own? No, when they were shut down, we relocate them to other agencies, uh, to other programs. Um, the state is moving away from group residential care and pushing more to provide services in the home and in the community. And so, as uh, funding gets cut. Uh, you find other resources, and there are a lot more in-home services. Uh, we provide services in the community, so uh, you have fewer group homes because these are kids typically that are taken out of custody of their parents and in these group homes for you know, sometimes four to six months, depending on the severity of their problems. But there's been more of a move with trying to keep them in the home, keep them in the community, and collaborating with community programs so that these kids can not be confined to a group home and can be you working with the family more than just taking the kid away. Sometimes the downside of that is you take the kid, put him in a group setting for four to six months, and he learns to live in that setting, but then those skills don't transfer when they go home. And if you don't work with the family, along with the child, and it's like, you know, washing the shirt in dirty water. <laughs> you clean it up, but then you put it right back in an environment where it's going to have the same problem. So there's just been more of a move of working with the whole family in their natural environment as opposed to separating the kid and putting them in the Right. So now what it, that it's more of a foster care system then? Well, that's the foster care, you know, that's, that's community-based. We have about 40 foster parents, and uh, they keep kids in their home, and we provide support services uh, for them, but that's so that the child can stay in the home with the foster parent. And sometimes the foster parents will adopt these children and make it a permanent you know, setting. Um, the goal always is to try to return them to the parents unless it's too dangerous for the child or the parents just give up custody, but it's... Uh, better to try to serve them in an environment with the family and to engage the family. Because if you take the child out of the family setting and put them in a group home, sometimes they think, well, there's something wrong with the child and not us. And most often it's the problem is the family, <laughs> and the child is just a symptom of the problem. But uh, that's more of a move, and maybe that's something we can talk about sometime, this dedicated show, because we need more foster parents. Uh, we have a lot of children that are in state custody, and the parents aren't doing what they need to to regain custody. And some of these kids stay in limbo for years because the parents won't cooperate and they won't give up their rights so that someone can adopt them, but they also so, won't make the changes that they need to make to be able to take them back home. So now in a situation like that, how, how long do you give the parent the opportunity to um uh, start complying with their part of the, I guess, re-education. 
Well, in the state of Tennessee, you have to, unless they just do something really outrageous, you have to give them up to a year uh, to get the act together. So you can't begin the process of terminating parental rights until after one year. And a lot of things can happen that's not in the child's best interest during that time, but uh, there are a lot of legal things that need to be changed to uh, straighten that up. We just have too many children in foster care, in state custody, and too many parents that aren't working really hard to do the things that they need to do to take care of their children. But it's uh, it's a situation maybe we can dedicate a show to that sometime. Well, yeah, that that would be, I think, real informative for Mm -hmm. some people to get some information about that. Yeah. But tonight we want to talk about a topic. I call it Fight Right. Uh, We want to look at ways that couples, it doesn't necessarily have to be couples. It could be married couples. It could be dating couples. It could be friends, but most of the focus will be on couples, whether they're married or not. Anytime you're interacting with someone, there is at least a 50% chance of conflict at some time that you're going to fight with that person. And what we want to look at is how can you resolve conflict, how can you settle arguments without it getting aggressive or without it being abusive, and helping people to learn how to strengthen their relationship through coping with problems and conflicts, you know, in a way that hopefully it becomes a win-win situation where each person gets a little bit of what they want. But sometimes because of selfishness or self-centeredness, people aren't willing to give in. And so mm-hmm. they put more energy into trying to prove that they're right or to get their way than trying to resolve uh, the conflict, you know, with someone. And when you're talking about human nature, no matter who it is and no matter what the nature of their problems are, you know, i found that there are only two reasons that people can't get along or have conflict. And the first reason is someone is doing something you don't like, and the second one is someone's not doing something that you want them to do. <laughs> Your expectations right. <laughs> aren't being met. And people act as if the world is supposed to meet all of our expectations and do what we want them to do. So when couples are having conflict, oftentimes it's because each one of them is trying to get their way and they are not willing to compromise. And I've had numerous instances where I would be counseling with a couple and they actually both want pretty much the same thing. But they're so busy trying to get it their way that they don't even recognize that you're arguing unnecessarily because if you both give in just a little bit, then you each can get you know, what you want. And well, see, that, that's, that's a large problem, I think, in a lot of relationships. Everybody is so focused on just what they want rather than, you mm-hmm. know, the thing of it is, can you agree to disagree sometimes? That's what you have to do sometimes. So... Uh, When we come back from the break, we're going to look at how can you fight right and resolve conflicts without aggression and abusiveness.
Coast to Coast Talk Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio. This is the Soul of America Radio, and you're listening to Dr. Bo. Call Dr. Bo today at 323-784-9638 and press 1 if you want to speak to the doctor. Any more than you do. 
people can do things and you can choose to be angry and irritated or you can choose to blow it off and go on about your business. We have choices. We always have choices. And when people become aggressive, they don't recognize that they have other choices besides being aggressive. And sometimes it's because they've just gotten into such a state of defensiveness that they are trying to explain themselves or defend themselves, and they don't hear it. So if you practice I statements and focusing on specific behavior and telling people what bother you, you have to be a better chance of resolving that conflict. The other part of stating that is to try to state things, you know, in a positive sense uh, mm-hmm. instead of a lot of negatives. Then you know you want to let people know if you do this, I will appreciate it. Instead of you ought to do such and you ought to stop doing that, uh, you would say when you do that, I feel angry. And, you know, you give people alternatives. And you want to first look at what's right. Uh, And if you have a criticism or a complaint, it's helpful to have an alternative. You know, if you come to somebody with a problem, you should have a solution. And the big obstacle sometimes, though, is getting past that defensiveness and past the selfishness. So if you look at focusing on stating what's bothering you and taking ownership of your feelings and not blaming that person or telling them that they're making you feel that way because they can't make you feel that way. When you tell someone you make me feel that way, you're giving them all of the control and the power, and no one else really has that much control uh, over our emotions, our thoughts, and our feelings. Those are choices that we make. And it's very important for people to listen I tell people that's why we got two ears and one mouth. We're supposed to <laughs> listen twice as much as we talk. <laughs> and yeah, a so lot of old people time, will tell you that too. Yeah, you got to hear what the other person is saying, and you uh, you don't want to get into cutting them off before they finish. You know, sometimes people think they know what you're going to say, or they think they know what you mean, and they finish, start talking before you finish, and they don't really hear. And sometimes people are not listening. They're busy trying to come up with a defense or they're busy disagreeing to where they don't really hear what you're saying. One of the techniques I use with couples um, is to have an object like a little ball, um, and I get the little squeezy balls because, one, that helps to kind of relieve stress because you can squeeze on it. But Mm -hmm. the rule is you can only talk when you have the ball in your hand. Okay. And that gets them into the habit of exchanging in a dialogue, and it forces them to listen. Now, that takes a lot of adjustment for a lot of people because most often they'll start talking whether they've got the ball or not. Yeah, because you're trying to retrain them to um, take turns. Right. And so that's an object that kind of reminds them that while you have the ball in your hand, you have the floor. If you don't have the ball, then you need to listen. So the first stage of being successful in arguments is trying to get across to the other person what's bothering you, but you want to use I statements about specific behavior. You want to try to be as positive as you can. Um, sometimes it's going to be difficult to be positive, but uh, if you can't be positive, be less negative. So 
Uh, you want to <laughs> practice listening. I tell people even a broken clock is right twice a day. So <laughs> no matter how bad a person is, there's probably something good that you can find about that person. And sometimes people forget about the goodness in their partners. Uh, they're so focused on whatever the complaint is at that particular time uh, that they forget, you know, that there is some positive there. The second thing that you want to do is to take time to look at the details of your disagreement, exactly what is it that you're disagreeing about. And you have to be specific about what's going on right now. Oftentimes people don't deal with things in a timely manner, and they let things pile up over a period of time, and then their partner does or says something that's really insignificant, but because they've been fuming and brewing over it for days and they finally let it out, they're not really dealing with what's going on right now. They're just kind of letting stuff, they've stockpiled all this anger and frustration and resentment over a period of time, and they aren't very specific about what's going on right now. They're dwelling on the past, or they're worried about what you might do in the future, uh, but they don't listen and they don't focus on it right now. And you want to avoid as much as possible rehashing old issues because people oftentimes, if not most of the time, know what they're doing wrong and they know what they need to change. And they're not changing. It's not always because they don't want to and it's not always because they can't. It's sometimes they're just not quite ready. And so if you get into an argument with your spouse or your mate, you want to focus on the here and now, and you want to try to be... That's so hard sometimes. Well, it's hard because people don't let go of stuff. Well, um, I mean, but if, if okay, if, the, you've, uh, if you've given them an issue that something, uh, something that you have a problem with that they do, and you allow mm-hmm. them maybe a week or so to to process it and maybe put it into implementation, but Mm -hmm. they don't, then what are you supposed to do? I mean, because at that point, that's when I'm going to the next level. Well, sometimes it's because people are playing a waiting game. They don't really want to deal with it, and so they're very passive-aggressive. They think, well, if I don't do something, you'll go away or you'll leave it alone. And sometimes people are just not ready. Sometimes you have to plant the seed and then back off and do it in incremental steps. Now, sometimes, depending on what the issue is, you have to just be real straightforward with it. So this is going to vary from one situation to the next. But in most instances, dwelling on the past you know, doesn't really help a lot. Now, if it's a major issue that's impacting your relationship, particularly if it's impacting the safety or welfare of you or if there are children involved, then obviously sometimes in those instances you can't help but go back to something that's happened before. But with, And I'm not talking about major arguments because sometimes with major arguments you just have to take a time out until you both can be more sensible and reasonable. But this is just in day-to-day disagreements. You don't want to keep rehashing the past because if someone reminds you of something that you know that you need to change but you're not quite ready to deal with it, then how do you feel when they bring it up? Well, I I I know in my marriage, um, my my spouse he would bring certain issues to me that you know he wanted me to adjust or change, and 
depending on what it was, you know, I, I told him, well, you know, this is just the way I do this. Now, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or if it was something I could easily change, you know, I did. But when I brought my issues to him about things that he did, it was like it was never addressed. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you when... If you don't think you need to change or if you're not ready to change or just don't want to, then there's going to be a certain amount of resentment when people bring up stuff like that. But sometimes, and unfortunately, it's more often men that have this problem, people just get stuck in a rut and they just, you know, don't want to change. And it's not, uh, sometimes I think it's a matter of uh, insensitivity and immaturity that they aren't sensitive to the needs of their partner, but sometimes people have character problems or personality problems that makes it difficult for them to face up to things, and they um, probably won't change on some issues. And that's when you find out that you reach that point that you have to decide that maybe this is not going to work and you have to go your separate ways. When it's nothing more critical, then you know you have to take a different approach, but I think it's important for people to be specific about current issues, to focus on behavior, and to own up to their feelings, because the next step is that you've got to try to negotiate, and as you said earlier, sometimes there's nothing you can do except to agree to disagree. You both might be a little bit right, or one person might be clearly right, and the other one's wrong, but the one who's wrong is not willing to change, and the one who's right is not willing to compromise. So sometimes you have to just agree to disagree. Uh, but those are the steps, and when we come back from break, we'll come up with some other things of how we can resolve this and look at some of the more uh, difficult things that people have to deal with from time to time. Okay. Okay, we'll do that. Tell them where they can get some soulful talk radio. Right here on the Soul of America Radio. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. here on the Soul of America Radio, you be sure to tune in and listen to Dr. Bo also known as Big Easy. 
Big Easy hosts a segment called Let's Straighten It Out, in which we work out or help you work out relationship issues, whether it's parent, child, friend, co-worker, or even the special love of your life. You can call Big Easy right here at 323-784-9638. So throw everything else you got to do on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Throw it out the window. And you tune in right here to the Soul of America Radio and listen to Big Easy.
try to have a little give and take. And if you can't do anything except agree to disagree, then take a time out and come back when you're a little bit uh, less hot about it. But I think that if you're patient with each other, then you have a better chance of winning arguments. Now, if one person is just not willing to even try, then there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And sometimes, See, unfortunately. What do you do in a situation like that? I mean, when, I mean, and this is, like you say, this isn't a two-week thing like I would like it, but it has yeah. just been that way the entire relationship. Well, I think that in an instance like that, if the person is not willing to at least make an effort to meet you halfway, then oftentimes I think that person has a character problem or a personality issue. They're just um, very selfish and self-centered. And if they are not willing to at least make a little effort to try to work things out, unfortunately sometimes the relationship does end up ending because one party gets frustrated and gets tired of doing all the giving and compromising if the other person is not willing to meet them halfway. And sometimes, unfortunately, that's the option that people choose. But I think that you have to, one, try to encourage that person to maybe consider getting some professional help, which oftentimes is the last thing that people are willing to do because they don't want to admit that they have a problem that they can't control. But I think what you're describing is more, yeah. A lot of times, um, especially if it's an older couple, they'll just stay together and, and, um, you know, like the older older generation, they they really Mm -hmm. used to just, they stayed together. They didn't, they you know, it didn't matter. They could have two separate bedrooms, but mm-hmm. they, you know, nobody left. And that used to be very common that people stayed together because of financial reasons. Sometimes they stayed together because of, you know, just cultural values. That was the way it was in their family. And sometimes they stayed together out of spite. <laughs> I don't want to let you be happy about me leaving. Oh, so, so the reverse is I can't have you, nobody will. <laughs> The reverse of if if I can't have you, nobody else will. So right. if, if you're not going to treat gonna me gonna right, I'm going to make you be happy and want to stay and make your life miserable. <laughs> but you know what I've noticed? Statistics are showing that because people are living longer, and because of some of the medical advances to where people are living longer and they are healthy, um, a lot of people are getting divorced or leaving in their older age because they, you know, before they would think, well, they're not going to be around much longer. I'll just wait it out. But now waiting it out might be 20 or 30 more years. <laughs> and so a lot of older people are, you know, cutting the ties and moving on because they are healthier and living, you know, longer. Um, and so sometimes. Well, and everybody to, has this mentality now life is too short. Yeah. So you might well, as well try decide, to be happy. Well, if you're not willing to change and try to cooperate, then I'm not going to put up with this. You know, I'm going my separate way, and I see you. So, unfortunately, sometimes that's the decision that people make, and sometimes that's actually the best decision in the interest of the children. Because if you have children, especially young children, and you're constantly in conflict and creating a very stressful environment for the children where they are always afraid you might leave, that's worse than leaving. At least if you leave, they can go through the grieving process and get past that. But if there's just a lot of constant turmoil and the fear of you leaving, sometimes that can be 
uh, more detrimental. But I think this second part here might help people to think a little bit about why they need to at least make an effort. I think the most important thing to give you a chance of resolving conflicts in a positive way and getting past some of the more difficult things is one of the most difficult things for some people to do, and that's to be honest. You Uh have to be open, honest, and transparent. And because a lot of times people have too much baggage that they're trying to keep covered up, uh, they won't be honest. I don't think there's an issue if you can't be because you always have a choice. But and sometimes you don't want to be brutally honest if it's going to be detrimental to that person. But I think in a general sense, in your day-to-day interactions, um, you want to be honest. And this all assumes that you're having a situation where the people want to cooperate and they mm-hmm. want to fix things. So a lot of what I'm saying is based on the assumption that the two people want to improve and maintain their relationship in a positive light. Now, sometimes the relationship has gotten too far gone, and some of these things won't work because it's just, you know, too much water over the bridge. But um, I think it's very important for you to be honest. I think it's important for you to not deny the other person's feelings. And what I mean by denying the other person's feelings, if someone says, I get angry when you do such and such. To say you shouldn't feel angry or I wasn't trying to hurt your feelings or I wasn't trying to make you angry, that's in a sense denying their feelings. You want to let them have ownership of their feelings because if you say, well, you shouldn't be angry, Mm -hmm. you're trying to control that person's reaction to your behavior as opposed to accepting ownership of that behavior and deciding, well, what can I do different? to give you other feelings. I, I understand than, that you're angry. Yeah. Rather than maybe apologizing and trying to find out how you can fix it. Right. And so you just have to hear people out. And if they feel angry, whether you think it's legitimate or not, whether you think it's justified or not, if that's how they feel, then you need to acknowledge, okay, what can I do to fix that? Um, you got to be willing to admit that you might be wrong. You know, and sometimes that's hard for people to do, especially some of those people that think they're perfect, that they don't think they're ever oh, making a mistake. please don't say anything about the perfect people. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. But don't say anything about the perfect people. They make me sick. Yep. And some people have a hard time admitting that they're wrong. They're always trying to explain themselves or to justify why they did something or didn't do something or why they said something. Sometimes the best thing to do is say, okay, I'm wrong. I will make an effort to do better. Uh, Never say never. Don't say I'll never do that again because next week you turn around and do it again, the person is not going to believe you. Uh, If they wait a week. (laughs) Or the next day. (laughs) But I think sometimes you have to be willing to admit that you're wrong and to try to um, figure things out. And you don't want to assume that your partner is out to get you or trying to make your life miserable. Sometimes people just aren't consciously aware of how they come across to people. They're so self-absorbed and self-centered that they aren't aware of how they are feeling. It's like people that are driving and have blind spots and they're cut out and cause a wreck and never know it because they weren't aware of where they were. 
sometimes people aren't aware of how they are responding to you. And so you don't want to assume that that person is trying to make your life miserable. Sometimes you just have to uh, assume that your partner wants to be happy uh, and that you want to work together to try to cooperate with each other. But it's a lot easier to do that in a situation where both parties practice honesty, and that way you know more realistically where your partner's coming from, what they think, what they feel. If they are consistent and honest, you might not agree with them. You might not like what they're doing, but at least you know you can depend on them to be honest with you. And sometimes I think it's important for us to put ourselves in another person's shoes. If it were me, how would I feel? How would I respond in that situation? And that's the first step toward getting past some of the selfishness and the self-centeredness that you know creates problems in the relationship, is that sometimes people are not sensitive or sympathetic to what the other person is going through. And you might not be able to identify with it or to relate to it because it's so different from your own feelings or experiences, but if you can put yourself in another person's shoes and try to see why they feel the way they do, why they think the way that they do, then you have a much better chance of reaching a compromise because you are trying to see it from their viewpoint. But if you're only seeing it from your perspective, if you're only seeing it from the standpoint of what you want and need and what you're willing to do or not willing to do, then you tend to discount the other person's feelings, and that creates more resentment and anger and frustration. And the next time you have a disagreement, guess what? That person is going to be prepared to disagree because they didn't get their way before, and they start believing, well, there's no point there's no point arguing, there's no point trying to compromise because you're not going to meet me halfway. And sometimes these arguments carry over from one to the other, and then it builds up over a period of time to where uh, sometimes the only thing you can do is take a time out and just kind of say, we'll come back and discuss this later. But if you say that, I think it's important for you to come back and discuss it later. I think about some of the points that were made in this book that was pretty popular years ago, Men Are From Mars and Women From Venus. Mm-hmm. And John Gray talked about men going into their caves. And his advice was it's okay to go into your caves every now and then, as long as you eventually come back out and try to resolve things. You don't go into your cave to avoid the conflict and never deal with it and just get into this repeat avoidance. Sometimes it's healthy and advisable to take a time out. For example, if you know that your partner, your spouse, or mate has a hot temper and they're liable to lose control, then you need to let them go. But you see the picture is, the husband is trying to walk away, and the wife is following behind and wanting to argue and wanting to discuss this now. Yeah, and he we said, do no, that. we'll do it later. No, we got to talk about it now. <laughs> but sometimes you need to just give that person some time and space. But if you say not now, later, I think you owe it to that person to come in courtesy of coming back later and trying to resolve it. Now, sometimes once that person walks away, they have no interest in coming back and they have no intentions of coming back. Yeah, and so and their partner has to take them down. Yep. And so that just creates more conflicts. But again, remember that all these things are based on the assumption that these are two people 
that want to cooperate. Uh, we'll have to have a def- different show for the ones that don't want to cooperate or <laughs> for some of those conflicts that are too far gone for reason to set in. But all this, again, is based on the assumption that the two people at least have a moderate desire to fix things or to be in a positive situation because sometimes if it's too far gone, none of these things are going to work because you only have one person who's trying to do it and the other one has their mind, you know, made up. And I well, think that, I'll, I'll admit, as I've gotten older, I've learned how to, like you say, allow the person to, um, you know, know when to shut up, shutting up, mm-hmm. but um, and you know, allowing the person to um, gather themselves and think about it and, and whatever. But like you say, if if that that's going to only go <clears throat> so far as long as the person actually like you say, come back and and then, mm-hmm. re, you know, resume the conversation. Well, it reminds me of the words that Kenny Rogers song, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I forgot that last part, but yeah, well, you're sometimes right. Sometimes you can walk away and sometimes you need to just run and get as far away from them as you can because sometimes people are so unreasonable that they aren't going to compromise and it becomes a no-win situation, which can be very uh, frustrating. So well, now, what, of, what, what do you think would, would keep a person being stagnant in the relationship to where they just really are uncompromising? Well, it could be several things, depending on the nature of the relationship, the length of the relationship. Sometimes it's because that person has given up emotionally and they're physically there, but emotionally they don't have an interest in maintaining an emotional attachment in that relationship. So they've kind of zoned out or checked out. The body's still there, but the emotions are gone. And I think more often than not, as I said earlier, that person has either a character or a personality problem or they have some defect about them that makes it difficult for them to maintain a healthy, positive relationship. But a lot of times people, when you find people that are getting separated and divorced, they've thought about it a long time before they actually even say anything about it and even longer before they leave. And Mm -hmm. I think because people have just kind of checked out emotionally, they've made that decision, uh, I'm going to tolerate this, and they don't have a desire to fix it, and they just, aren't willing to take that step to leave. But there are, I guess, as many different reasons as there are people. But most often you're talking about a personality or a character defect with that person or they're having some type of um, interpersonal deficit where they don't handle conflict well. But most often they've just already emotionally divorced themselves and they just haven't left physically. And sometimes people stay out of spite. They learn how to keep you at bay and learn how to get you out of their face, and they go about their way, and they are content with that sometimes, which can be very frustrating. How hard would it be to really, uh, because I know sometimes people can go through traumatic situations, and it'll kind of wake a person up to say, okay, let me, you know, they're going to actually try to hold on to what they already have. How hard mm-hmm. is it, I mean, or what can be done to, to I guess, rekindle the, the emotional marriage? 
Well, I think it takes a lot of practice and patience, and you know, most times the it's very rare that the couple is able to do it themselves. I think you have a much better chance. And, you know, what people forget is that you don't always have to go to a counselor, a psychologist, a social worker, or anybody like that. Sometimes it might be a friend that you trust. It could be, uh, you know, someone that you trust. It could be your preacher. Or, you know, hopefully it's a one that's not in some of the patients that's going on. <laughs> it ain't the king. It ain't the king. <laughs> no, not the bishop. <laughs> but you have to, I think that sometimes it's very difficult, especially in the early stages until you learn how to cope with things differently. And it's difficult for people to let other folks know that they're having problems. Oftentimes people have a lot of folks around them that are willing to help them but people are too, you know, um, unwilling to let folks know that they're having problems to take advantage of the resources. But I think that most often you need someone that's a, a neutral party that will help you to negotiate your differences, and each party has to be able to trust that <coughs> And that's why sometimes it's difficult to find that person because the individual that you go to might have a conflict of interest and they don't want to get caught in the middle and they don't want to have to choose sides. And so if you can't work it out amongst yourselves, I think it's helpful if you could find someone that you trust, that you both trust, that can help you to practice the communication, to practice the conflict resolution, to practice being open and honest with your feelings. Because a lot of times, People aren't just aren't willing to be honest about how they feel, and that's why sometimes you find people are shocked and devastated by a divorce is because it's been coming for months, if not years, and they just have ignored it or not dealt with it, and then finally the person reaches the end of their rope and says enough's enough, and they're devastated as if they just were totally aware, unaware that anything was happening. I guess it took that, what was what, what they say, the uh, straw that broke the camel's back? Yeah, sometimes you have to have that reality check or a wake-up call to decide it's time to get your act together. And sometimes it's too little, too late, so we'll... Tell them where they can get some soulful talk radio. Right here on the Soul of America radio.
Well, all these songs were taking me back. <laughs> that was yeah, they the used brothers. to be one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, the Brothers Johnson. I remember seeing them in North Carolina with Billy Preston the year before they came out with their first album, and he told the audience, you're going to hear about these brothers uh, real soon. Uh, they were in uh, Mars Hill, North Carolina, at a concert there, and we saw them with Billy Preston, and less than a year later, you heard them all over the air with their own album, but uh, they were really good. Well, welcome back, folks, to Let's Straighten It Out. Tonight we're talking about Fight Right, how to resolve your conflicts without leading to aggression and abusiveness. And the last thing that we want to talk about is that people need to try to remember uh, why you are with that person, what do you like about that person. Uh, Because sometimes people get, they lose sight of what drew them together in the first place and they get focused on the negatives, and it's hard to let go of that. So one way of helping people to rekindle that is if you can get each one of them to go back and try to remember in the early stages of their relationship um, what were some of the things that pulled you together, what were some of the things that you liked about that person, how many of those things uh, still exist. And so you want to do a list of the things that you used to do uh, that you enjoyed doing, the things that brought you together. And then you also want to make a list of things that you enjoy doing together now. And you might have to um, take a break to decide, well, we're going to spend some time together. And during this time, we're only going to focus on just enjoying this time together. We're not going to bring up any past things. We're not going to argue. We're just going to make a list of things that we enjoy doing and then go down that list of doing those things. And that's to kind of help them to regroup themselves and to refocus on some of the positives. Um, And that doesn't mean that you're going to forget about the negatives or not deal with it. It simply means that you're going to refocus on some of the positives and try to remember what it is that you liked about each other and hopefully still like about each other and that helps you to you know to get through that and sometimes it's important for you to schedule time no matter how long you've been together you want to schedule a time to just kind of go on a date like it was when you first started and maybe go to some of the places that you went uh, when you first started dating or do some of the things that you did uh, when you first started but you have to make that time, and you want it to be a positive time. And you want to find some special time that you can be together um, to reinforce the positives in that relationship. And I think that if you practice dealing with the negatives in a straightforward, honest manner, and if you own up to your feelings with the I statements, focus on specific behavior, and listen and try to reach a compromise with that person, then you have a much better chance of developing habits to where even when something serious comes up, you have a much better chance of fixing it because you are not so focused on the negative. And that takes a lot of effort for some people because sometimes, unfortunately, things have just piled up over a period of time where it becomes almost impossible for people to make the changes. 
And again, it's not that the person doesn't want to. Uh, sometimes, for various reasons, they just might not be at a point where they're ready to commit themselves. But if you practice making baby steps and you constantly uh, make baby steps, you know, if you think about you going two steps forward and one step back, even going two steps forward and one step back, you're actually making some progress. It's just okay. slower progress, and you just have to set smaller goals. You don't want to try to go from zero to 60 in 30 seconds. You, know, you have right. to start. It might be we're going to try to resolve our differences in 15 minutes. And if we haven't resolved in 15 minutes, we're going to take a break and come back later. And sometimes you have to do things like that just to retrain yourself because just like our muscles uh, develop memory, uh, when you do things out of repetition, then your muscles develop memory, like it's learning to play a musical instrument or doing something that requires coordination. Um, Over a period of time, it becomes a natural habit, but you have to do it in small increments. And that's the same way with building your relationship and resolving conflicts. It might be that you don't start with the big problem, uh, start with the smaller problem, and then work your way up to the bigger problems. But it takes a lot of patience. Uh, It takes consistency. But most of all, it takes open, honest communication to uh, resolve that. And again, folks, this is only for people that really want to resolve the conflict. Hopefully some of this has been helpful. Uh, We'll have something different for you uh, next week. But don't forget our other shows on Monday in the latest room, Totally Taboo on Tuesdays. Uh, Let's straighten it out on Thursday. And tune in tomorrow at 930 and listen to this hot topic that Tony has. So uh, it's been fun, Denise. Well, Well, yeah. Come up with next week. I I think you've. You've saved a couple of people tonight, you know, kept killing off their heads. So, um, like like I said, I had to learn how to walk away, you know, and, and to learn how to keep my mouth shut sometimes. You know, everything's <laughs> not uh, a passionate debate at that time. Sometimes, you know, well, you need to take a step back and gather and collect your thoughts. Well, we have to take that old adage sometimes. If it's not beneficial, let it go. So. Right. Right. Well, we certainly enjoyed being here with you tonight, Dr. Bo. Okay, well, next week we're going to have a hot topic of mixed marriages, and we'll let people marinate on that one a little bit, and it's going to probably be different from what you think. But uh, tune in next week, uh, same time, same station, and don't forget our other shows. So we'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.